What is up, brothers of discussion listeners? This is Big Kevin, fanboy Dave, coming at you with the Big 5-7, episode 57, and we are going to talk all things 2024 WWE Royal Rumble. Fanboy Dave, Big Kev, we're going to break it down right now. Guys, Royal Rumble started out with the girls' women's Royal Rumble, and uh, Fanboy Dave, is this a good spot for the WWE to put the girls' Uh, rumble first because it seems like every year we we see that rumble and it's usually the female side um is this was this where you would have put it first thing or would you have moved it how did you like the rumble uh first of all it's the women's royal rumble not the girls royal rumble The women's okay you're right the women's because they are women they're grown women as we're going to talk about here in a second uh surprised me i like the way they started it off but I don't know if you saw it. Um, maybe I was just being a little too critical. There were a lot of botches, in my opinion, in the women's uh, Royal Rumble. Maxine uh, botched twice. It, it just felt that it wasn't as clean as it's been in the past um, for the women's Royal Rumble to start something down. I mean, they had some great spots. But in my opinion, I think it was a little rushed. Um, not too many surprises, but I know we're going to get more into it. But as we made our prediction, you know, fanboy Dave is usually right about a lot of things. No, wait a minute. First of all, you had it wrong, and I'm going to call you out on that. But number two, I'm glad to hear you. This is kind of refreshing that you're kind of bashing the Women's Royal Rumble. Refreshing in the sense that I don't feel so bad because I, too, thought that there was a lot of botches. Um and we're going to get into Naomi, as we know that she made her return at the number two spot, coming back to the E. She looked very robotic to me. It didn't look clean. But surprisingly, by the time the match was through, this was arguably one of the better matches on the card as a whole when you talk to the WWE Universe. People actually enjoyed it. So... Let's get into it, man. We get Natalia opening up at number one, and we get, of course, Naomi. She comes in at number two, uh, making her return. She she left a couple years ago, and she made her way back. She was at TNA for a while, um, and uh, here she is at number two. Um, and she lasted over an hour, an hour and two minutes to be exact. And uh, then we get Bailey coming in at number three, representing SmackDown, uh, joining uh, that group. And then we get Candice LeRae. And then the big surprise, kind of that forbidden door, although if you watch the uh, post-conference with Triple H, he doesn't really like those cliches of doors and things of that nature. Hey, say the, the truth. He said it's stupid. It's stupid and silly, specifically. That's what he says, stupid and silly. We get the TNA women's champion, Jordan Grace. And there's a reason why she is the champion. I don't know much about her. I briefly kind of saw something on Twitter because as Naomi, there was talks about her coming back. Her, her and Jordan, Jordan Grace had a storyline before her exit. So that's why I kind of know about her. She looked phenomenal. She's going to be in WWE once one day. She has to. I mean, she showed up and showed out. And she got a great pop in that Florida crowd because as we know, TNA, in my understanding, is in that Florida-based Orlando-Tampa area. Um, so the fans apparently knew who she was. I think I was watching one of her interviews after it. She was kind of concerned of them not knowing her, but man, I thought she looked like a star. <clears throat> yeah, she definitely did uh, 
ball out, straight balling, like MVP would say. Um, and um, yeah, a lot of people were impressed with her. She has a great physique, real strong, powerful. And uh, I do agree with you. I think um, the time, when the time is right, she may be coming to the E and showcasing more on a bigger stage um, than where she's currently at with uh, TNA uh, wrestling. And with Triple H involved, it looks like this could be a thing, not just for a Rumble parents, but maybe down the road, we could potentially see a spot where there's that relationship with TNA. I think WWE needs that. They used to have in the 90s, McMahon would have ECW talent come over. Um, I think it would just, it's just kind of good, uh, especially if you're down on some injuries. You know, it's kind of nice to kind of, you know, kind of like a developmental, right? NXT is kind of that for WWE, and I get it. But these uh, stars in TNA at their highest level, you know, they have a little bit more experience in those NXT, and they might need somebody with experience right then and there. Um, I'm not going to go through every single person, uh, fanboy, but if there's someone that stands out, let me know. But uh, we get Asuka in at number seven. We get Bianca Belair at 10. So this was kind of fun seeing Bianca Belair and uh, Jordan Grace kind of do the little stare off and getting in the ring. We get uh, Tegan Knox at 12 coming from Raw. Um, then we get Chelsea Green. And then all of a sudden we get Zelina Vega. She comes down. Uh, we get Nia Jax. Now Nia Jax comes in and she starts cleaning house. This was a good uh, showing for her, I thought. And it, it was much needed. Um, what's your thoughts on Nia Jax's performance here at the Rumble? Uh, a little bit better. It looks like she's um, fixed um, her style of uh, wrestling and injuring people. It looks like she's been in the gym or in the ring and running the ropes to be a little more careful. And uh, yeah, it just showed like, you know, Nia's been dominating everybody, like she said. And um, and uh, she is the irresistible force. So um, uh, kudos to her for getting a little bit better because, you know, the knock for years has been she's unsafe to work with. She injures, you know, uh, superstars and things like that. And nobody really, really wanted to work with her. So I give her kudos for being able to be the heel that the fans do not like and to bring it all in and, you know, basically have them in the palm of your hand and make them react however you want them to react when you're in there. So kudos to Nia Jackson. I think this run is probably going to be her best run uh, since she's been with the E. Yeah, I hope so. She's she's dropped some weight. She looks just, you know, a little lighter. She looks still on the heavier side as a whole just because of her statue, especially being Samoan. But um, she's definitely lighter, and I think that equivalates to moving around better and performing better. So – Hopefully they get a little bit more out of her this go round, like you say. Becky Lynch. Now, if I'm not mistaken, she went came in at 21, representing Raw. I'm almost certain, and I'm going to go back to episode 56. But this was your pick. You said Becky Lynch was your girl that was going to win it all. Am I am I right or wrong on this? I, I think you're wrong. I said I still had Bailey winning it, but it, like close second with with uh, the man. Uh, big time Bex. And I was like, well, I don't really know, but I, but I'm pretty sure I said Bailey. It's one of those one and one A. I get it. In case you're wrong, you guess, oh, well, I got it right because I said Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch comes in at 21. Shayna Baszler comes in at 23, kind of skipping around a little bit. We finally get somebody not in NXT 
I'm, I'm sorry. Let me rewind back because I get a hold of get ahead of myself. We finally get someone not in SmackDown, not on Raw, not from a different company, TNA, but within the developmental system. But we talked about NXT Roxanne Perez, and she had a good pop. She had a good showing, I thought, even though she lasted eight minutes and 29 seconds. But we get uh, Roxanne Perez here at number 27. Uh, what's your thoughts on her? And I want to get into the next NXT participant at 29. But what do you foresee Roxanne's uh, level now and where she can go? Or, you know, as far as on the card, is she a main event eventually? Is she a mid card? Where do you see Roxanne Perez from here? I mean, at the time being right now, I think she's a mid card player. I mean, if she can um, get the fans behind her, because I know she had a good following in NXT that doesn't always necessarily uh, translate to the main roster. It does help that she is Hispanic. So, you know, natural, like we talked about Raquel, but Raquel's a different athlete, different animal than her, but that, you know, you will have Hispanic women or girls, little girls looking up to her like, Hey, she looks like me. So that could be a potential um, helping stone to help her be more popular. But at the moment, I think she's a mid card level talent and um, could she be main roster? Maybe. Uh, but uh, for now, I do not see it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think she definitely needs to stick around NXT. I think she did very well. Who does not look like uh, someone that should be sticking around developmental or mid-card was Entrance 28. And a lot of people were anticipating, and this is what they got. They got Jada Cargill. Oh, my goodness. She looked amazing. I mean, the presentation of her coming out, she looks uh, like an, I mean, a pristine Olympic athlete. I'm talking about elite athlete. Uh, I was very high on her. However, when she got in that ring, started performing, even though she had her quick moment where she tossed over Nia Jax at the 2015 mark for Nia Jax time. Uh, and that looked impressive. She, she picked her up on her own and threw her over. And the buildup prior to that, we had a lot of girls. It's the classic scene where all the girls are trying to get Nia Jax out, and then Nia Jax kind of breaks it all up. It sets up for this moment where uh, Jada Cargill picks her up, lifts her, throws her out. After that, for the most part, not till the very end, because we know that Jada Cargill was one of the remaining three, and we'll talk about that in a second, I was um, there was left to be desired. And maybe that's why WWE – did it the way they did. But I thought um, after that, Nia Jax, it kind of went, it kind of brought me down. Now, the face-off with with Bianca Belair and Jada Cargill was awesome, right? They had the gorilla press on the two girls, staring at each other, drop them. We thought we were going to get that, and then we get the clothesline of taking them out. But let me go back to this good showing initially, the Bianca Belair spot with them facing off was was good. It was pretty cool, pretty neat. But as a whole, I wasn't too overly impressed. And maybe that was the reason why they did what they did. Like I said, maybe it's to give it more to be desired later on. What was your thoughts? Because I know you are a hater of AEW. And this is a star that started out there coming over to WWE. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, she does look like a million bucks. She has uh, the superstar look. Uh, her ring, um, 
not training, but her ring style. Yeah, I think she's still learning the WWE style. And at the same token, um, they are going to take their time with her. Do I think she's going to be on the WrestleMania card? Maybe. But I, I don't know if uh, they will give her a one-on-one -on -one match. I, I don't think she's ready at the moment. And not to take anything away from her, but like I said in our prediction, Tiffany Stratton showed out. Like I told you, she is a star. And, uh, you know, she doesn't have the physique as uh, Cargill. But, I mean, that is, if you're comparing apples to apples, um, you can see how Tiffany Stratton's been in the, the NXT or WWE since day one. And Cargill, even though she has a physique, um, she will get there one day. But um, I, at the moment, I take Tiffany to be more successful at the moment. But if um, Cargill gets uh, to hit all the cylinders of her potential, um, I'm not going to say it now, but she may get close to uh, Charlotte Flair status. But, I mean, there's what? still... So maybe, like I said, maybe... This I'm, is coming from Fanboy Dave, too. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that right now because Charlotte Flair is in a class of her own. But if well, when she's not sidelined, right? But you know, <laughs> it's one of those things that if Cargill can get everything, I mean, she's like an athlete, like Bianca Belair. But I mean, you know, the jury's out until further notice. But impressed with her. But like I said, Tiffany Stratton, she, she's a star. And that was. And you pretty much answered my next question because that was the next person at number 29 from NXT coming out, Tiffany. And there's been some reports recent with that showing, and I agree with you, that she might be being called up to the main roster soon, uh, sooner than later, I should say. Hey, at number 30, we get the return of Liv Morgan. Uh, and I know that you, I know that you were pretty high on her when she was there as a champ for a while. And I was kind of bashing her, you know, prove this is just kind of a transitional champion. Um, but, man, the, the crowd, I think they were excited to see her back. And it ended up being her, Bailey, and Jada Cargill at the end. You uh, want to know what was so best about Liv coming out number 30? What's with that? Her, with her coming out, that meant no Sasha Banks, which made me so happy. I mean, I was ecstatic. I was like, yeah, live number 30. Yeah, I bet you were excited about that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And we'll talk about the men's rumble. But I, I will say it was pretty good. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, we get, if I'm not mistaken, live eliminates. No, I'm sorry. Bailey, yeah, no, we're right. I'm correct. Jada Cargill gets eliminated by Liv Morgan right on the ring apron with that kick um she's gone and that brings it down to bailey and lynn morgan and ultimately we get my girl your quote-unquote pick bailey winning the 2024 royal rumble here the women's royal rumble might add when bailey's getting the win here man um it just comes in cycles doesn't it you know she started out at nxt and she was the hugger and then, just like everybody's career, it goes up and down. And then when it's your time to be called back up, um, that's because they trusted you and, and you've been doing everything right. Bailey 
another big full circle. Here she gets another run at a title. Your thoughts on this win? Um, because my thought is she de definitely deserves it. I mean, she's put in work. She's elevated talent, um, you know, especially with damage control. She's really elevated. And Asuka's done a phenomenal job with that group, too. She's been doing great things. But here's the storyline. Bailey is definitely going after EOS guy. Yeah. It's just inevitable. Well, yeah, no, fans love that uh, Bailey won there with her. Um, and, yeah, they're still showing – the seeds of her potentially going after EO, even though, um, you know, she had said she's going to go after Rhea and then we can get on that as well too. But yeah, no, Bailey winning good for her. Good for the work that she's been putting in throughout the year with damage control. And so, yeah, uh, kudos to her, happy for her. And I think um, well-deserved um, for being with the company so long and a staple in the women's division. That's for Definitely, sure. no doubt. And like I said, she lasted an hour, three minutes, and three seconds. Bailey eliminates seven. The thing I really enjoyed about Bailey's performance, I don't know if you realize, Fanboy Dave, but it wasn't she was hiding at the turnbuckle, waiting for the next person to come in. She was she was giving those little extra in the match, like telling Michael Cole, come, you know, why don't you come in, Michael Cole, or uh, see you next, you know, see you, see you next year, better off next time. But she was just adding a little bit to the match, that psychology and stuff. That was pretty, pretty fun. But at the end of the day, when we talk about eliminations, the most that uh, was was given, Nia Jax with eight, uh, just for, you know, because that's just kind of a fun stat to put out. Hey, let's move on. We get the fatal four-way match with the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman, the wise man, taking on AJ Styles, LA Knight, and Randy Orton. Did this match live up to your expectations, and do you, do you feel like it lived up to the expectations of the WWE Universe? I mean, at first of all, I was shocked because I was like, well, how is this the next match? You know, because I was like, what did I miss? But um, overall, I think the, the match uh, lived up to the expectations of um, you know giving you know people something to talk about and you know we'll go into the winner in a minute but I mean everybody got their spot Randy Roman AJ Styles LA Knight yeah um, yeah it, it was just really really good and I just want to say I am so impressed with LA Knight I mean he is the mega star and um, you know Randy was probably the favorite for everybody and you figure like Oh, you know, LA Knight's going after Randy. Who's going to get booed? But I don't really think he got booed when he was him and Randy were going at it. It's just like, you know, people want to go LA Knight, Randy, AJ. I mean, I think overall it was it was a good match. And um, you know, um, yeah, you can have some kind of complaints of how it ended, but at the same token, I think overall it was good. Yeah, being a fatal four way, there's no disqualification. Um, so like you're alluding to, we do get Jimmy. We do get Solo coming out. Is this, are we going to get the same old finish that everyone is hating on with Roman Reigns? Hey, look, he's winning. So hate all you want. That's the purpose of them doing that. They want you to hate this guy. They want to put heat on this guy because he can only win with Solo and Jimmy. But that's not the case because like I said, this was, was what was going to happen. And I get it's a fatal four-way match. Anybody can pin anybody. But we get what I was predicting in the sense of 
when AJ Styles was about to do his phenomenal forearm, we get a little somebody that get, you know, Roman, he's getting some help there. If I'm not mistaken, um, I'm getting a brain fart, but wasn't it that that's when uh Randy took out took out uh or LA Knight took down I'm getting mixed up. LA Knight, I'm sorry, well, stop LA, right LA now. I'll, get, I'll get you, I'll get you. I'll no, no, but I'm, I'm gonna get it. Go ahead, go ahead and get me then. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you there. I'm gonna get you there and serve it right back at you. So no, so they're all doing their moves and Randy Orton RKO's. It's Reigns. Reigns does. No, Randy Orton RKO's everybody. Right. And then after that, Randy's about to get the win. One, two, and then Solo pulls a ref out, and then that gives Orton the opportunity to go up. And then so you know he's hitting everybody, and then um, AJ Styles. Um, is getting ready to do a phenomenal forearm. And that's when LA Knight, uh, or that's when, what's his name? Um, uh, Roman hits the Roman. rope. And that's when AJ got hit. And, and that's, that's when it. Was. Yeah. So continue. My bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, you're right. He hits. And so range drops him. Um, and then Knight and Orton. Um, this is where they get. Oh, oh, that's right. That's when they fall into. They all them. lay all stacked up. They all stack up on one another. That's right. And right. that that man, that was a cool spot. You hadn't really seen that. Um, well, I didn't understand the stacking part because I'm like, um, their their arms are are down on the mat. Why is the ref counting? But whatever. It's just yeah. on that. I part. think I think the point of that I understand because it was kind of trying to show Roman trying to beat all three of them. Yeah. But but I get why they did it in a sense, but I'm with you, you know. But it was uh, funny when they all kicked out. It, it, yeah, they all, yeah, it was funny because they all kicked out at the same time. So, I mean, that was pretty neat. I mean, I, I'll give them that. That was kind of somewhat creative there. But, uh, yeah, man, Ro Roman's uh, – man, Reigns ex escapes this one. At, at the end of the night, Reigns defeats all three guys to retain the title. And what was so uh, interesting about this was that uh, uh, AJ took the pin. So that shows you that they don't want LA Knight, um, you know, fans to get heat on them. And he's still booked strong because LA Knight had a phenomenal match. And for AJ to do business and take the pin, it does not, it doesn't hurt AJ at all for losing, but having Randy and LA Knight not be pinned, huge going forward. Well, and what I was, and yeah, I'm with you on that one. And what I was trying to get to as I know we're recording this and maybe I'm getting older uh, this one, two extra days we're recording after we normally do. Um, the second time when AJ is what I was alluding to when AJ was going to hit the phenomenal forearm again. That's when that's what I meant to say was when Rain shoving LA Knight into the ropes and that's causing Styles to tumble. And then uh, you know Reigns obviously gets Styles with a spear and that's ends up winning the match. And I think everyone was kind of shocked when he did win it because he won clean right there in a sense. I mean I know LA Knight hit him and that caused it but we get the one two three and it was a clean win as, in a sense so were you surprised by that finish no because i told you uh you know in our uh predictions that you know yeah. i thought reigns was going to get the win cleanly um you know and mm -hmm. that would help him because if not then more fans would be mad but i mean it went the way i thought it was going to go so well cool deal man What'd you, what's your thoughts on this next match? We get the United States Championship match, Logan Paul taking on KO. A lot of people were thinking, hey, this is the restroom break before the men's rumble. But um, I I pretty much enjoyed it. And rumor has it that KO was 
wrestling and uh, brawling in this match on a fractured foot. Which, if that's the case, man, man, that's a that's a team player, man, right there. You just saw how tough KO is. Hey, he's um, a prize fighter. What does the shirt say? Keep fighting. Keep fighting. That's right, man. He he represents exactly what his creed is and his motto. So good for him, man. But um, without going into it, unless you want to pick your spots, I thought the finish was great. Uh, we get the brass knucks coming out with his with his uh, boy. Um, going to try to use it again. KO gets the knucks and ultimately uses on um, Logan Paul. And then we get the one, two, and then the ref, the official. Finally, after all these years in WWE, he sees that KO has the knucks. Uh, on the baby face, mind you, in this match. And he disqualifies KO, and Logan Paul defeats him to retain the United States title. Question here is, um, and now I predicted KO. I was thinking, man, KO. And it looked, and you got to admit, you really thought KO at a couple times during this match was going to win it. But at the end of the night, we get this disqualification. He gets caught. And um, is this something that you would like to see going forward? That's kind of been the big question around uh, Twitter. Is is this something that the WWE Universe wants to see where there's more attention that the referee is putting in on the match? I mean, I mean, it wasn't too bad, but um, as you uh, <clears throat> always, um, and I think it's because you're old age, allude to Oh, forget, here we go. Is that, yeah, his boy was trying to give him the, the brass knucks, but the ref saw it. And the ref kicked him out. And this is what we talk about great storytelling because Kevin Owens is still having a feud with um, Grayson Waller and Austin Theory, you know. And um, so it's just fun, uh, great that they come in and they give him the nuts and that's how he gets it. But Kevin steals it and, you know, hits him. And I, I, I like that um, the Hill won this match that way because, you know, it, 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 it makes conversations and it makes – you know, Twitter or X go on fire. Like the ref doesn't see anything all the time. And for one time he saw this, like, come on, like, give us a break. So <laughs> it's just funny. And like we had talked about, you know, um, Logan Paul is a name. <clears throat> he is a social media icon and keeping the strap on him. I think it's great going into WrestleMania because you could either continue this feud or have him um, go after somebody else. Cause like Kevin already beat you. Or maybe like a no holds bar match or steel cage or something um going towards WrestleMania. But I think it was a good move, good call to keep the title on, on Logan Paul. Yeah, and this this match definitely exceeded my expectations. It was a great match. Um, and I wasn't gonna cover it in detail, but yes, you're right. Austin Theory, Grayson Waller come down, which I'm still I'm still high on Austin Theory. You know, he still has has it, and hopefully he gets back in the rotation. But you know that I've liked Grayson Waller, especially his mic skills from day one. Doesn't look like your typical wrestler body-wise, but um, I hope he's growing on the WWE Universe. Um, he's definitely a hill. But, yeah, at the end of the night, man, KO does get a little revenge. You know, he does have a little rage at the end, and he leaves the uh, crowd uh, with the sight of Logan Paul going through the announcer table with a power bomb. So we'll see if this, this looks like this is going to be a story developing for multiple matches. Uh, so this looks like a series that's going to take place uh, to me. Um, what's your think? What's your thought on that? It, do you, does that seem like a good, accurate 
analyzation, if you will, do you think this is going to look like it might be turning into another match between the two? I mean, I think so. I think uh, you could probably have them uh, fight in um, in elimination chamber because that's what is next. And um, yeah, I mean, then you could probably end it there, and then maybe give them a new opponent for WrestleMania. But um, this this story is far from over. And uh, like I said, you um, having Austin Theory and um, Grayson Waller in the mix. I mean, um, they have a lot of beef with KO. So um, I don't know where they want to take this story or, uh, you know, if KO does get another shot and if he does win that title, does Austin Theory get a shot? Does Grayson Waller get a shot? I mean, there's just so many ways you could go with this story. But, I mean, it's good TV. So, um it's really, really good TV, in my opinion. Well, next, fanboy, we get the WWE Men's Royal Rumble for 2024. And the winner uh, is last three minutes and 21 seconds with four eliminations. We're not going to talk about him just yet. But we're going to talk about someone that lasted longer because he was in the Rumble, number one. But his time in the Rumble was 50 minutes and 55 seconds with one elimination. And that was the main event. Jay Uso coming in representing Raw. And at number two, we get his brother, Jimmy Uso. And this is the both of these guys have been wanting uh, a chance to face off, especially at Mania. I hope that might come down to the to the wire eventually. I hope this is not WWE's way of saying, hey, here's your chance for both of y'all to be in the ring. Um, it seemed like it was going to be good and they were doing the face-off. And I kind of, kind of, to be honest, I kind of like, oh, this might be good. And then I kind of started losing um, a little interest in it, to be honest. Because um, I would have liked to see them just go at it. Like, I get the face-off, but hey, let's, hey, let's get after this. But um, yeah, we get Jay and Jimmy the Usos uh, coming in at one and two. Yeah, What's no, that was amazing. This? That was amazing to have the brothers coming out. No Yeet versus Yeet. And it was just funny because Jimmy was doing the crazy eyes. And yeah, I think the fans liked it. And if you could hear, like some people were saying no Yeet, some people were saying Yeet, mostly Yeet. But uh, I thought it was great on how they started that off. And uh, I there's, there's potential to, to keep this going. However, you know, one's on Raw, one's on SmackDown, so I don't know how you can do it. But um, I think there's money to be made with Jimmy and Jay uh, wrestling down the road, um, a few matches. And Yeah, uh, and we get Grayson Waller, but we talked about it, number three. And number four is somebody that you have said that was going to come back, and it's holds true. We get Andrade coming back to the WWE back home, had a stint in AEW. But he's coming back home to the WWE. I know that you are real high on him. You really enjoy him. Um, he lasts 22 minutes and 59 seconds. But we get Andrade here. So he's not affiliated with Raw or SmackDown just yet until we find out on Monday that he is going to Monday Night Raw now, uh, uh, that we know now. I did not Carmelo know. Hayes, man. He shows up and shows out. I'll, I'll let you talk. Hold on. NXT. I see that you're going. NXT star Carmelo Hayes comes out. Uh, he had a great show and lasted 17 minutes, one elimination. But uh, going back to Andrade, what's your thoughts there? Well, it was great, but I was going to say, and you could continue going, 
I had no idea that Andrade was 5'8". He like, looks small. He looks short. I was like, really? So Charlotte is the tall one in this relationship. But, oh, she had to be. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's great. Andrade, Carmelo Hayes, Melo doesn't miss. I mean, when he finally uh, gets fully on the roster, whether it's SmackDown or Raw, I mean, he's going to be an asset as well, too. So continue as you keep going, sir, with our next participant in the Royal Rumble. Yes, sir. And that's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura, who lasts 20 minutes and 51 seconds. I thought that was a good spot for him there. And then my boy, Santos Azcabara, comes in at number seven. And we get the face off. Uh, well, at first, Santos is like, hey, you know, hey, mijo, us Mexicanos, hey, let's get together. But Andre, Andrade shuts it down. That's my best white boy version of it, too, by the way. Yes, I know that's what you were thinking. But uh, Andrade uh, shows Santos that he's not his friend and, you know, turns on him. So that was kind of fun to see that part. Carrying a cross comes in at number eight and he just looks out of shape, man. I, I, you know, he's been coming out with a shirt, but now he just doesn't look the part, man. I just, I just, I'm not quite sure he had a really impactful rumble that he could have, and I could be wrong, but that's just what I thought. Dirty Dom, Dominic Mysterio at number nine and Dominic has a great showing. If I'm not mistaken, look at it as he's the fourth um, as far as the length of time in the Rumble this year at 33 minutes and 19 seconds. He does have one elimination. Uh, and uh, But Dom, Dom is in here. And Dom, Dirty Dom, is the one that eliminates somebody that I want to talk. I don't want to bring up his name yet, but this was a particular person and people can kind of put two and two together. That should have been, according to online and the dirt sheets, that this should have been Brock Lesnar's spot. But Dominic eliminates this guy we'll talk about here in a minute. Carlito comes in. Bobby Lashley looks like a million bucks. Um, he's just super strong. Hey, your boy Ludwig comes out. And to my knowledge, he's the first German uh, that is participating in a Royal Rumble. That was a fact that I saw that on WWE.com. So that was kind of cool. Austin Theory, Finn Balor. And then at number 15, we get the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes comes in at number 15. Is this a good spot for him? I kind of liked it here in the middle. Um, and because this wasn't your typical, we're going to throw him at number one, number two, and let him go the distance. Um, I thought it was a good spot for him at in the middle of the road. What's your thoughts here with Cody Rhodes being one of the – um, favorites going into this. Yeah, I mean, 15 was great because last year it was 30, but before I go into it, um, I was really not upset, but just a little disappointed that Bobby really didn't get to show him because, you know, they're still doing their um, uh, program with the Final Testament and things like that, but you know, I mean, he did okay, but yeah, Cody being there to be longer in the ring, uh, to be able to uh, mix up with other superstars that he may not get to mix up with all the time, you know, since he is a main event player and things like that. Uh, but it was a good spot for him to come out um, at number 15 and uh, to put some work in with other superstars. So not a bad spot to come in the rumble at. Yeah. I'm with you. And, and, you know, they get the tanglement with the the AOP, right. And, and then the uh, street profits come out and that's when Ludwig comes in and kind of, he's kind of looking at him like, what's going on here? Like, and then he heads to the ring. Um, but yeah, we're going to move forward, man. Bronson Reed, Kofi Kingston, 
that's kind of the disappointment because the expectation in poor Kofi, right? The expectation when you see Kofi, you're going to get that elimination moment, like where he, you know, that spot that he's so famous for. We didn't get that this year um, with Kofi. Uh, and Kofi coming in with some shorts, he looked a little different there, not with his pants. Um, kind of a different feel for there. We get Gunther at number 18, and Gunther goes the mile. He goes 30 minutes this year, uh, not exceeding his last year's uh, timing. But nonetheless, we get Gunther. Then we get Ivar. And then we get at number 20 from NXT, Braun Breaker, which a lot of people are saying that should have been Brock Lesnar. That's the person who gets eliminated by Dominic. But Braun Breaker, I thought, maximized his time and maximized his minutes. He was only in the Rumble for five minutes and 19 seconds, but he eliminated four. And I thought um, he had a great showing, especially because he eliminated number 21, Omas, uh, seven foot three monster. And Braun Breaker, even though he doesn't have that height, like you were kind of talking about with Andrade, he still has pretty good size. Um, and I thought, again, he looks like he could be coming to the main event real soon. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Braun Breaker had an amazing, um, amazing showing out. And, um, you know, I want to get more in depth in it, but I think let's take a break real quick and then we will uh, talk about the rest of the rumble on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be right back. And we're back on Bars of Discussion, episode 57. And before we took a break, I was about to talk about Braun Breaker. Yeah, Braun Breaker had an amazing uh, um, showing. He's trying to tell everybody his spear is better than everybody's, Romans, whoever, doesn't matter. Uh, what what interesting to me, or I don't know if they're going to go that route because they usually alluded to this was Brock's spot because what was going to happen was Brock was going to get eliminated by Dom and then Dom was going to go fight him in the elimination chamber. Now, do they still do that with Braun Breaker? Because I think right now, with the showing that he does, it doesn't make sense to leave him at NXT. I think now is the time to move him to the main roster and let him go from there. Uh, but one thing I was disappointed we forgot to talk about because, you know, we've just been going all over the place since uh, we didn't get to record this uh, earlier in the week. Pat McAfee was out there uh, guest um, ring announcing um, with them. And then also how our truth was funny when he went to the Royal, Women's Royal Rumble and he didn't know he was doing that. He was in the Men's Royal Rumble. I thought that was hilarious too. But I think the Pat McAfee spot, he said he didn't know he was going to be in the Rumble. I think that was a wasted spot because he really didn't do anything. And he, he had his gator boots on. And it was just a wasted uh, spot, in my opinion. What do you think, Big Kev? Wait, slow down. Now, usually you're telling Big Kev to slow down. You need to slow your roll, fanboy, because I'm not there yet. We were on 20, and that's Braun Breaker. Then we get almost at number 21, and then – just like you're talking about at number 22, Pat McAfee um, gets called up. And you're right. We didn't say that he came out as a commentator. Um, I guess this shows the impact that we really cared about. But, uh, but you know, yeah, you're right, man. Pat McAfee gets called up at 22. Um, he gets on the ring apron. He's got his boots on still. Um, and, yeah, he didn't know. Supposedly he didn't know. And I think that might have been legitimate. Uh, maybe something fell through backstage and here we go. Michael Cole's like, Oh, go win the, you know, go win the Royal Rumble and, and get back to WrestleMania, give him a hard time. And Pat McAfee, you know, and you hear on his uh, 
you know, conferences and, and his his uh, podcast and stuff and how he gets up to the apron and he sees seven foot three, 400 plus pound almost. Omos. Oh I know I corrected myself. I've done this in the past. I, I've learned. And he sees Braun Breakler and he's like, no way I'm getting in there. By the way, I didn't know I was going to be here. I'm not even in my ring attire. Pat gets into the ring and eliminates himself, which was kind of funny. Uh, but that's when Braun Breaker eliminates Omas. And then Braun Breaker goes on to eliminate um, Bronson Reed and Ivar. So that was cool. And once um, going back to Omas, Omas, that's when Dom takes advantage of the opportunity to get that heat when the crowd was getting hot behind Braun Breaker and eliminates him. But going back to what you were just saying about Pat McAfee, absolutely. That was wasted. The WWE Universe um, was definitely vocal about that um, based on a lot of the postings that I've seen. Um, That could definitely been somebody from NXT, you know, another person from NXT or somebody else that has been putting in time and work um, to get into uh, a spot like the Rumble. Um, yeah, you could put I was Otis disappointed. In, you could put Otis in there or Chad Gable, something yeah, like that. And, and that's what I'm glad you brought Chad Gable because that was somebody that somebody um, brought up, and I was like, "Yeah, well, what the heck? I didn't even see Chad Gable. That absolutely could have been Chad Gable." I'm behind. I'm, Did I'm you 100%. think about Chad going against Braun Breaker? I mean, both of them are good wrestlers. Oh, good wrestlers. So that would be that would have been awesome. Yeah, uh, but I didn't want to use phenomenal because AJ. Okay. That's right. But, but, but I'm, are, I'm definitely with you on that one. You're all right. But uh, one thing I know you and I can agree on is when Braun Breaker was leaving, your boy JD came out and he got the spear just for being out there. Wrong place, wrong time. So, wrong place, wrong time. And then our boy Truth, our Truth comes out at 24. Um, and uh, he's like, he put, he's like, what are you doing out here? So he puts JD back into the ring. And Jay Uso immediately sends JD flying over. He was eliminated after just three seconds officially in the Rumble, which was hilarious. But the most funny thing about this part was truth. We got definitely have to talk about this. He's thinking this is a, a tag team match. He gets on the apron, doesn't get in the ring. Uh, he sets up on the ra- uh, apron as if he's trying to get the tag in from Dom. I get the hot tag. And he, he says, the ring general has Dominic in the sleeper hole. Yeah, yeah, and he gets the hot tag, and then Truth comes in. That was, I mean, Truth has been hilarious. He's just like that funny uncle. And you know, he tried to uh, do what he does, you know, childhood, um, you know, hero John Cena trying to do uh, the five moves of doom. And oh my God, like our Truth, I mean, the WWE, and I think they know in the back, like this guy. You give them anything, and the fans just love it. They do. Yeah, he's awesome. And then we get Damian Priest, which we kind of start seeing the breakdown. He was not is in the a good one mood. that eliminates. Yeah, he's not in a good eliminates our truth. Um, which we won't at raw this nights ago, but as we know now, our truth is looking like he's completely out of judgment day as they attack him, and then we get the Miz coming down. And it looks like we might get the uh, Ms. Truth again. So The awesome truth. Or awesome truth. I'm sorry, because, yeah, speaking of awesome truth, we do get that because guess who comes in at 25? Right behind our truth is the Miz. Um, and he comes in, uh, followed by Damian Priest. Then at number 27, it was the 
anticipated CM Punk. Uh, what's your thoughts on CM Punk entering here at 27? There's a nice gap between him and Cody because we know those two were on the forefront of being a potential winner. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on CM Punk here? I mean, it was a good spot. Like, you know, WWE is trying to be careful, you know. We have talked previously when CM Punk was in the or other organization how, you know, he's just a little bit older, a little bit slower. Like, he he is not – I'm not going to say he's not in ring shape, but he is not at the level when he was the best in the world. And I think a little bit showed that we'll get into. But, yeah, having them just having to compete not over 30 minutes or whatever it was, you know, um, was a good thing. Um, but – at the same token, I think, um, yeah, Punk probably had some nerves, you know. Um, he probably never thought that he was going to be another Royal Rumble or let alone WWE. So um, I think he had a decent showing uh, for being in that match at, at 27. Yeah, I, I agree in the sense that CM Punk is definitely not what we saw CM Punk in 2014 when he exited the WWE. Um yeah, I think it's more interesting to see him when he's on his mic and he comes out and gives you some nostalgia. But, man, yeah, ouch. I, I was kind of cringing, to be honest, for him. Um, but, yeah, he he does last 21 minutes and 45 seconds eliminating two people, uh, one being Dominic Mysterio, and then he eliminates somebody at coming in at number 29, Drew McIntyre. Uh, Drew McIntyre gets eliminated by CM Punk. And as we know on Monday Night Raw – we are going to allude to the injury that Drew McIntyre gives CM Punk, apparently uh, getting an injury to his tricep. And we are looking to build that potentially when CM Punk gets healthy enough to get back in the ring. So they set that up nicely. This is kind of something that, of course, we had that promo between the two a couple of weeks ago on Raw. Now we see it again here in uh, the Rumble. And then just so happens, Punk gets injured by Drew. And I don't think this is a work. This looks like a shoot because he's looking like he's really needing to take some time off. Um, but as CM Punk was saying that on Monday Night Raw this past week uh, with the injury sustained at the Rumble that, uh, of course, Drew comes out and here we go. CM Punk is telling Drew when he, he gets healthy and he's back, he's coming straight to Drew to get his revenge. Uh, I can't. That's a that's good a good spot. I, I, that's a match I'm going to look forward to. Uh, but yeah, CM Punk um, gets eliminated by number twenty nine Drew, and then number thirty CM Punk doesn't get eliminated by Drew. No, no, I'm sorry, Drew. Ma I'm, Drew McIntyre got eliminated by CM Punk. I got it twisted. I'm sorry, my bad, my bad. Um, yeah, Drew gets eliminated by CM Punk. Yeah, but number thirty. We get the return of Sami Zayn, which you pointed out that this was probably going to be a spot where Sami comes. And I think the WWE crowd, although we like Sami, we were kind of let down. We were kind of hoping for a surprise uh, with somebody else in a different company. Uh, Okada, MJF, just the name of two Hulk right Hogan. off the top of my head. Hulk oh, who just Hulk Hogan, yeah, Hulk Hogan being in, being in the Florida. Um, 40 years of, of Hulkamania. Yeah, no, I think um, it was flat. Live, live at number thirty got more popped than Sammy, but definitely. I get, I get it because you know Sammy has a storyline with Drew McIntyre because he injured him and that's why he was out. Um, but yeah, I, I think I like the final four that was in the Rumble match. You know, to determine who the winner was. 
Um, I, I think I think it was a good pick on the final four. Uh, yeah, Drew Drew eliminates Sammy. We get uh, a CM Punk eliminating Drew, and now we get the two that everyone was speculating to be the favorites of this Rumble match. We get Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. Um, and now we're really guessing, okay, who's going to potentially win this thing? Uh, but ultimately, we get Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, winning back-to-back Rumbles and going and sealing at WrestleMania 40, coming up here in Philly in April. Did you like this move? Um, of course, I know you do because you're a Cody fan. Um, I was devastated. That was my pick. And, yeah, he's on a rare. I, I picked Cody. Now, on the flip side, I, I went behind you, and, and I did say Cody, although I'm not 100% behind him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's good. It's a good spot for him. Uh, hopefully he's going to grow on me before Mania. Yeah, but, no, it's great. I mean, he's on a rare list. Of people who win the Royal Rumble back to back, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, and um, who was the third one? Was it? It's not. Was it Brett? No, it wasn't Brett. How do I know? I should know this. Is but is um, Shawn Michaels won it in the ninety? I think it was ninety five, ninety six. Uh, Stone Cold. Stone Cold was. I don't was it, think was it Randy. No, it wasn't Randy. I don't know who the third one is. No, definitely Shawn Michaels. He was definitely the back-to-back, and the following was definitely Stone Cold. Um, I, I think that was it. I could be wrong, but I think that was it. There's one more. But, Hogan, but regardless. Hogan is Hogan. Oh, Hogan. Yeah, that's four. That's right. I think it's Hogan. That was it. Well, hey, he, he enjoys this elite group winning back-to-back, and he is going to, and he's destined to hopefully finish his story. Uh, the question now comes – Who's that going to be against? Because uh, of course we saw on Raw, Seth Rollins is actually calling him out and saying, "Hey, you need to you need to wrestle me." Yeah. But Mania. before that, after as Royal Rumble was going off the air, uh, both Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns were in Skybox separate. And you see, Cody says, "I'm coming after you." He's already telling everybody, "I'm finishing my story. I'm going after Reigns." And then that's when on Monday Night Raw, where Seth comes out and Seth gave a good promo. Uh, he bashed the world title. It said. You know, Roman Reigns is nothing, and the war core, you want to be the war horse, this is the title, the world title. And, um, you know, speculations are saying, like, with CM Punk being injured and being shelf, that this is the way they go, and then you have Rock and Reigns for the other title. I mean, I mean, I don't know. That That's what I'm, that's what I'm you know, depicting, too. That's what I feel like that's potentially going to happen. Um, it could happen, I should say. But, hey, going back, I looked it up. I wanted to make sure we were straight up fact, and, and Fanboy Dave is correct. Hogan, 1990 and 1991, uh, Royal Rumble winner, back-to-back. Of course, the one the one thing that I pointed out that uh, Mr. Michael Cole is um, having two winners. There was two winners, and I brought that up, Bret Hart and Lex Luger in 94, which they completely dismayed that one. Um, he clearly says it on the pay-per-view or PLE, as they call it. Boys yeah, because he called you. He said, Kevin, I'm going I'm to shout you out on the information. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to call Michael Cole out because you're wrong, okay? And, uh, again, yep, Shawn Michaels, 95, 96. Stone Cold was 97, 98, back-to-back. Again, we're saying back-to-back. Stone Cold actually won three times, again, in 2001. But, yeah, he he's joining these guys. They're the four people 
that have won back-to-back Royal Rumbles. So, man, good job, Cody. Man, I'm, uh, you know, I am happy for you in the sense of leaving the company, making a name for yourself, a big name for yourself, a superstar level, elite caliber, coming back, and you're not not happy with your first year results, but you know, you you're you're facing that adversity. You come back, you win the 2024 20, Rumble, and you're hopefully going to finish your story. And a lot of people would love to be in his shoes right now, uh, you know, finishing their story, um, which is pretty cl- cliche to say right now. Everyone wants to finish their story. Well, Cody, you get an opportunity, and whoever you pick, and however the cards may 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 fall, um, you know, hopefully he can finish it. I know what I would do if I was Cody. Um, I want to get your thoughts because I know you're a big uh, fan of Seth freaking Rollins. You always have, at least of his wardrobe. I think he does have to go after Roman. Now, I hope they don't spin it off because I think he does need to finish his story. Because what does that say if you defeat Seth? And do you really finish your story? I mean, you're a champion, sure, but you still have that story. It's not the story of the title your dad never held. Exactly. Um, and that that and the guy never the guy that 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 you beat wasn't the guy that you lost to and did you really finish the complete did you complete it you know that's what I'm getting at I mean when when it comes down to me <clears throat> if they are going to go this route I mean Rhodes owns Seth Rollins he's three and zero against him um, if they go that route and Cody wins the world title great but I hope down the road if Roman is still the champion he does gets to fight him and beat him for the world title whether it's at Survivor Series or SummerSlam or something like that, because I think Cody needs to win the world title. It's, I mean, yeah, good promo by Seth, but it's not the Hollywood title. That is the world title. That is the WWE championship, the most prestige championship in all sports entertainment. Uh, Shawn Michaels, or Bret Hart, Hogan, or Randy Hogan, uh, you know, things like that. And I think, that fans would be disappointed if he does win the world title, even though it is a newer title and they're trying to make that like that title's more prestigious. But when you go back to history, like that title has been around that long. Like you want the WWE universal title. That is the WWE title. You know what I could see happening is we do get the rock. We do get reigns potentially, even if we don't, if we really do get Seth and we do get Cody, I have this gut feeling Cody does not win. And there's going to be such a mass disappointment because here's why. You know, it's hard to beat one person one, two, three times. Um, but to beat him four times in a row, I think Seth might get the brand here. And because obviously we can't have Seth being the world heavyweight, or do we? Could he win the heavyweight and then go after Reigns and win both belts? I mean, that would be the story. That would be unbelievable. But do we get him losing? And then it really, you know, puts Cody in a damper here. But then, like you said, we do get Reigns. It might not be a mania, right? Because he said he's going to finish his story. It doesn't mean it has to be WrestleMania, right? It could be at Survivor Series, like you said. It, he, he just wants to finish it. So we could get Seth winning. And then we build up and Roman Reigns is the longest reigning champion of this year. We talked about in September. And then we get into November and we get into Survivor Series. And that's when he drops the title and Cody wins. I mean, that, like you said, that could be what we get. You never know. Yeah. Or they could, 
split it with money in the bank, and then he wins the money in the bank. He cashes in. I mean, so many ways. And that's another thing. Damian Priest, you know, we still have that wild card. Yeah, and and where I think uh, where we're going with this, and we're rambling a little bit, Cody needs to go after Roman. You can have send your money in the bank, win the world title, and I think we're fine. You move Cody to SmackDown. You know, if Roman's going to take a hiatus, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, WWE title, that's what Cody needs to get. So, yeah, I agree. And what have you been hearing rumors about what the WWE is going to do for Elimination Chamber? Uh, because we don't have anybody for technically Seth. If Cody for sure decides to go to Roman and then, you know, if we go that down that rabbit hole, um, do you think what I've been hearing is, is this what you've been reading and hearing too about Elimination Chamber? Whoever wins that gets an automatic title shot with Seth that mania. Do we I've see been saying that? that for months? I've been saying, yeah, you have no, I, yeah, I know. I've just been reading it more and more. You did, you did mention that. And they're also talking about doing that with a girls championship. Title Even CM said that, like finding a way to in the main event, like maybe gets a, his shot at elimination chamber. Like that's what they were going to do. Whoever got the shot uh, for whatever world title elimination chamber, there's not going to be a time line. A winner of that will headline WrestleMania for the other championship. I mean, I've been calling. Yeah, that. it makes it makes sense. So, um, but I know there's something we got to talk about that's a little un uncomfortable um, that came out, as well as all the good stuff for WWE. And like Triple H said, he wanted to focus on the positive. But I know you've been biting at the bit to talk about this for a couple of days. Yeah, well, you know, of course, the news dropped last week. There's uh, the lawsuits coming out uh, with uh, an employee that Vince McMahon uh, specifically had hired. Um, you know, there's the story about her parents passing away. She was looking for employment. Um, you know, I don't know how much detail we really want to truly get because we are PG. Sorry, Mimo. But, uh, you know, you get the the info and you're reading about what had taken place and uh, it it's pretty sickening. Like, man, I can go all over the place talking about this just because it's just interesting in the sense of it doesn't surprise me. Do I think this is, is real? Yeah. Based on the character of Vince McMahon and just the stories you hear wrestlers throughout all these years. And Oh, by the way, you know, the things as, as a child, Vince McMahon, um, he endured. He was sexually abused as a child. He he says that, you know, there's a documentary coming out on Netflix that I'm looking forward to to watch. So based on his past experience of actually being sexually abused uh, by his parent, right, his mom um, and his stepfather, you know, history, historically, being a minor in psychology, uh, studying psychology, that this could be a reoccurring pattern if the abuser was this, you know, this could be them one day. And it, that's what it's looking like. And it, 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 I don't know what to make of it. And I hate to be in this world of, you know, this happens and we're going to move on or, you know, and, and in my head, I'm kind of 50-50. I mean, this is someone I looked up to. I mean, we all looked up to Miss McMahon and it's just kind of cruddy how it's the empire just com completely crumbled uh, over this past year. And yeah. do you realize, and I, I made a, I made a, a point the other day to text our wrestling community. Um, 
this is the first time uh, as of last Friday that we do not have a McMahon with the WWE product uh, for the first time ever. There's no Vince, no Stephanie, no Linda, no, no Vince, no Shane, nobody. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, and like I said, um, I, I do agree with you that um, even if some of it's not true, the majority has to be true. And I, I want to commend uh, TKO for doing what they did because, you know, prior to all this coming out, you know, uh, Slim Jim pulled their sponsor before the rumble, but the uh, TKO, um, what's his name? Um, Emmy. No, what, what is, what's the CEO's name? I can't think of it right now. Starts with oh, you're talking about um... TKO. Yeah, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. God dang it! Of course, you put me on the spot. I know I can't do it, but I mean, he took this seriously. He came out with the, you know, statement. Uh, Ari, Ari's his name. There yeah, Ari Manuel, Emmanuel. Yeah, Ari. Yes, and he came out and said we take this very seriously, even though it was a time that they did not own the company. Vince McMahon resigned, and Vince McMahon is still saying he is claiming innocent, and this is all fabrications. And like I said, I mean, Vince has done a lot of things, you know. He had a match against God in his own mind and said he won. Um, you know, he there was talks with Stephanie said that he wanted to do the pregnant angle and reveal that he was a father, you know, and she's like, I don't think so. So just things like that. And, you know, I think WWE um, being under TKO moving forward is going to be good. But um, the thing that um, not that it will be upsetting, but they are still good minds for the business. But, you know, article came out saying that anybody close to Vince and that's still in the WWE has to be out. You're talking about uh, Pritchard. You're talking about Michael P. Hayes. You're talking about, um, you know, anybody else. And I have some, some people on, on social media are saying like, well, Triple H has to be gone. But people need to understand that Triple H is his son-in-law, but they voted whenever they Vince was out Triple H, Nick Khan, and Stephanie voted not to bring him back, and they, they were overruled. So Yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, um, them trying to get – I don't think they'll get rid of Triple H. I mean, he is the one constant of knowing what it's like to be a wrestler, going through the business, and looking out for everybody, and how Cody articulated very well that he says this new regime at WWE feels like a family. Like, it's a team. Like, you know – in wrestling in general, back in the 80s, 90s, you had to look out for yourself because there's only one spot, the number one spot, and people will do whatever. And it looks like collectively with Triple H at the helm and Cody as the face that they are like, we're doing this as a team and everybody's going to get theirs eventually. You know, you'll get your opportunity. And I think, um, and I, I can't believe I said because there was, you know, years ago when I went to California, I have an old picture of me trying to kiss the star of Vince McMahon, which I'm like, oh, my God. You know, think about it now. But I think you have to give Vince the Crispin Wall treatment. You do not mention him ever again. He is a race from history. And it's sad to say that if this all does come true, that, yeah, you, uh, you have to separate that Vince ever existed in WWE, which I know will be hard. It is hard, um, but... And then that's what they're doing. If you go, he is no longer on any. You go search Vince McMahon, you're not getting anything on the WWE.com. He's completely erased. He's definitely getting the Crispin Wall treatment right now. Um, 
and I don't know if it's going to get reversed. It doesn't look it doesn't look good for him at all. And I did hear what what you uh, had just said. Bruce Pritchard could be on his way out too. Michael P.S. Hayes, um, those two guys have, have been with him. Uh, of course, Ronda Rousey's not with the company, but she also put a tweet out there talking about that. You know, as long as Bruce Pritchard's around, Vince has his hands in the company somehow. Um, this is some serious stuff, man. Um, like I said, we're not going to get into what was there, but it, it was, you know, feel free to go Google it yourself. But uh, it was disturbing. Very. Disturbing. It was definitely disturbing. It was stuff that you would see in a crazy movie or something. Um, the, yeah. the texts that were exchanged, yeah. the things that supposedly took place. Poor girl. Man. And the reason why this all came about is supposedly my understanding is Vince told her that he was going to pay her off $3 million, essentially, um, for her appointment, and he's only given about a million. And so he never paid the rest of the money. So that's why it's coming up. Even though she had – they had some type of agreement or legal agreement about a payoff. Well, that payoff never happened, so that's why she's able to um, you know, basically sue him, and this is all coming out. And not uh, only mention that she did mention Brock, and now Brock's career could be over too with WWE and UFC. So that's another story in itself. Uh, Brock Lesnar um, could be erased as well if it does come out that he knowingly or he did things. And it's unfortunate because Brock, uh, in my opinion, is an attraction, one of the greatest athletes on the planet. And for you to be erased, it's just, um, just. Um, it's sad, it's sad, man. And I'm glad you brought him up because I, I, yeah, I wasn't thinking about talking about Brock here, but he is a part of it. Um, and that's why we said what we said earlier about Braun Breaker coming into that. And like you just said, we were supposed to potentially get Brock and Dom at Elimination Chamber. And the reason why we're not getting it is because his name, like you said, is tied to it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't think Ari Emanuel is, is, is he he's not playing around. It, it, from my understanding, when he wants to clean house, he's going to clean house. And um, I think that's what's going to happen here. Um on the flip side, on some positive, I'd rather kind of end on a positive is, like you said, we The Rock is now on the board of the directors here. So McMahon exits, here comes The Rock, and uh, good for The Rock, man. This is pretty cool to see um, The Rock come in and actually be on the board of directors. And Triple H is so excited, post-conference of Rumble, um, he talked about how he can just go to The Rock and he can do layman's terms of wrestlers and he knows what he's talking about, what they need um, to help support WWE because TKO, again, it's not just WWE. They have other avenues, but that portion of it, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. They have somebody that they can talk to about getting support and not just the professional, um, you know, political verbiage, they can go and talk to The Rock and The Rock's going to help support that. So that's pretty cool that The Rock is a part of TKO. And so I, I'm, I'm happy for him, man. The Rock's got a lot going for him, doesn't he? He's got this, the, uh, the you know, football league that they just merged with the XFL. UCF the, or something like that. Yeah, it's the United Football League now. You know, he's, he, I think he's, it seems like he's going to be wrapping up with movies. He might do some things here and there, but I think he's more focused on this um, TKO board and the the football league. And I heard he's going to be uh, at Daytona uh, as the marshal at the NASCAR here soon. So 
Man, The Rock is all over the place. The only thing I think he needs to go is definitely for president, but I don't know. We'll have to see if that happens. No, but The Rock is doing great. Like I said, he put out that tweet. He's the head of the table of TKO, a dig at Roman Reigns. But also, yeah, like you said, having them there, because that was WCW's biggest fall, that there was people that didn't know wrestling, that didn't want wrestling. So they like they didn't understand how it went or what it um, was entailed, what they needed. So having the right thing is just going to elevate TKO, elevate WWE and UFC. And um, like I said, I think they're going to go to like how Triple H alluded to. They're going to tap into places they never thought they could tap into, which is great uh, for TKO as a whole. And um, I'm excited to see it. Um, you know, Triple H, uh, he didn't say it in as many words, but he said that feeling when the attitude error was going on, he said he has feelings of that, that this could be the next, uh, best uh, um, cycle of wrestling uh, to come down the pipe since they added to air. Yeah, I agree. And I think they, they do have something special here. Um, it's hot. It's a hot ticket, man. It's a hot commodity. I was trying to get my tickets here in, here in Corpus for Raw, and man, the tickets just, they just went. I mean, there's hardly any tickets left. It's very sparse on the, on the first day of sales. Uh, just shows you it is um, that is the E. So, man, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited the build up for Mania. We're gonna get to talk. And we kind of talked briefly about the potential of Hall of Famers. Those hopefully will be starting to be announced, and we get some answers there. Um, I'm excited about Elimination Chamber. I'm excited about what's gonna happen for WWE 2024. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I'm excited about that. You know. Uh, it's official Pat McAfee and Michael Cole are the raw commentators. And it looks like, which is going to be interesting because Michael Cole is the, usually the head guy. It looks like Corey Graves is going to be the head commentator of SmackDown with Wade Barrett. That's going to be real interesting to see. I thought they would have put like Booker or the other guy from NXT, but it looks like they're going to go with Graves and uh, Mr. Uh, Bad News himself, Wade Barrett. So interesting to see what's going to happen on Friday. And again, uh, Kevin Patrick, uh, yeah, you were well-liked, but the if if the mojo's not going and it's not clicking, I mean, you know, that's, that's what happens in the E. So um, hopefully you can land on your feet somewhere else, um, whether you go to boxing or rugby or whatever you do. But thank you for your contributions to the WWE commentary. But I think these two uh, commentary booths, they're going to be rock solid. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would have been interested to see the Corey Graves and Pat McAfee. That would have been kind of fun because they they go at each other. Um, but I'll, I'm fine. Not to, not to say, but like how Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan used to go at each other. Exactly. That's what I was hoping. That would have been very cool, but I like Wade Barrett a lot. I think he's um, he's he's a good asset for the WWE to keep holding on to and plugging somewhere. He's uh, the only one that can say tsunami. Really good. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think that wraps it up, man. Episode 57. Uh, we hope you're going to do well uh, this upcoming weekend. We got a lot going on. We, hey, man, we get the Chiefs. We didn't talk about Super Bowl, but we got the Chiefs and the 49ers coming up for the not uh, this Super Bowl. weekend. We got Pro Bowl. Well, not this, well, right. But I'm just saying, coming up. Um, yeah, that's Kevin's, up saying, Kevin's saying that because he, he's like, oh, we might not record before the Super Bowl. I'm just joking with it. Hey, there you go. There you go. He's sucker. 
But, uh, yeah, we hope you have a great weekend, guys, coming up. And, again, we appreciate you listening to us here on Brothers of Discussion, episode 57. This is Big Kev and Fanboy Dave, and we'll catch you down the road. See ya! See ya.